You are listening to Games from the Cellar, where we play board games and then talk about them. I'm Steven, your host, and tonight I was joined by John, Sam, and Chris to play Mosaic, colon, A Story of Civilization. Mosaic, colon, A Story of Civilization was designed by Glenn Drover and published by Forbidden Games in 2022. At the time of this recording, Mosaic, colon, A Story of Civilization has a 7.7 rating with 862 ratings on BoardGameGeek, and has a ranking of 2001. It is a 1-6 to player medium-weight game that should play in about, quote, 90 to 120 minutes, unquote. So thank you for joining us in the cellar as we go in-depth with Mosaic, colon, A Story of Civilization. Chris, you kickstarted this one, right? I did. What was it originally that drew you to Mosaic? The name Civilization. Okay, so it's Mosaic, colon, A Story of Civilization. And the civilization in the colon part of the title is what made you pull the trigger on this one? It most definitely did. I enjoy all of the games that have civilization in them. Sid Meier's, all of those. It's a big draw for me. So we played this last, uh, what, maybe three weeks ago? uh, A month. About a month ago, so four weeks ago. Um, And I... You know, we all kind of look it up on Board Game Geek just to kind of like check it out. And the designer on this one is Glenn Drover, who actually um, did the Civilization games. So it comes from a pretty good pedigree. Does that did that did you know that going into this, or was it just the word Civilization and the colon part of the title that got you? So I saw it on Facebook that there was a Civilization game coming out. I did go to Kickstarter, looked at it. And then I did a little research and figured out that, yes, this was somebody that actually worked with the Civilization games and said, hey, this looks like something that I would I would like. Okay. Uh, so we have, like I said, we have played this one time before. Um, Samuel, what stood, about, stood out about this game from the last time we played? And what do you hope to accomplish in this game? The thing that stood out to me was the parts that they abstracted away. Okay. A lot of the military is abstracted heavily in this. Uh, settlement even is abstracted. You can just put a city down wherever you want, anywhere on the board, which is kind of weird. Um, frankly, I'm hoping to not come in last place and dig through the technology deck. Okay. Um, so to kind of go back, the the whole thing with military presence, you put military units down on the board, but they don't actually fight each other. No, you just... You create military units. There's, what, six different regions mm-hmm. throughout the Mediterranean broken up geographically? There's seven, but yeah. Are there seven? Yeah. Okay. And at, I think, three points during the game, we'll score them. Whoever has the most influence within a region scores points based on the total number of cities there. And that's what military is good for. There yeah. are a few cards that let you remove other people's units. Yeah. But there's no combat. Yeah, per they're se. really just there to like assert their influence. Yeah, no actual combat except for the the odd card here and there that does that. Yeah, John, what do you recall from the last game, and what, if anything, do you hope to accomplish here? Making it past ten thirty. Oh, yeah, ten thirty-two. Uh, no. <laughs> Step one is play by the rules because there's there's just a lot here. I want to make sure that I'm I'm actually keeping things on the up and up. Um, finish better than Sam, um, and uh, uh, just kind of see if I can 
work out a good strategy. This this isn't this is not my kind of game. This is a build a big machine kind of game. I'm more of a sprinter than a than a marathoner, and this is definitely a marathon kind of game. Yeah. So, so it's funny that you mentioned mentioned playing by the rules. This game has what I think is one of the greatest production choices of any game ever, and that is including two rule books in the box. It is pretty handy. They inadvertently ordered them twice, and they figured they'd share the wealth. I just think that... There's also, like, a wealth of reference books. Yeah, I think for a game like this that's big and long, yeah. like John mentioned, like, having two rule books around is really great because, you know, there's four of us playing, there's two of us on each side of the table. The board is... I mean, it's not a huge board, but it takes up a lot of real estate, plus the player boards and all the chits and the pieces and the, the plastic that goes along with it. It would be... It's very handy to have the additional board. Yeah, there's there, there's some good design decisions here. The, 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 the little um, cheat sheet, there's like little cardboard menus that give you a basic idea of how everything works. But even even the decks, just the fact that each of the decks has what they are clearly labeled on them. They aren't trying to use some tiny little icon or, or some representation. I mean, the population deck has the word population written on it in big white letters. So from a setup perspective, that's pretty nice. But just from a general usability perspective, it's it's better too. Is This is a whole lot easier reading. We just... We just released our podcast on Arc Nova, and there's whole parts of the game where I just have a double of a time getting my eyes wrapped around it. I'm, I'm older. I wear glasses. Um, this game is much cleaner as far as that's concerned. Even, even the iconography on the little chips and the like are nice big pictures and seem to be solid representations of what they are. All right, so that's a good intro into uh, our play for Mosaic. We're going to go ahead and give this one a go, and we will report back when we are done. All right, so um, Mosaic, wow, it's been completed. Uh, another three-hour game. It's now Wednesday. It is. Is it now Wednesday? It's almost Tuesday. It's almost Tuesday. <laughs> wow, that's that's how brain-dead I am right now. Yeah, that, um, that took a lot out of everybody. I think we all had our Mosaic moment. We, we just didn't know what was going on. It's like I couldn't think, and you, could, you were not doing math. Oh, yeah, no, the numbers... Yeah. It stopped making sense you, to you me. You start getting towards 10 o'clock at night after a full day of work, especially if you do brain work, and then you dig into a game like this where there's just a hundred things to keep track of, Yeah, and at some point your brain is just going to stop, and you're going to get the little hourglass on the front of your eyes, and you're going to wait until everything catches back up again, and that's it's it's a, it's a big game just by the very nature of the subject matter. Yeah. It's a lot of things to have to keep track of. I would say in the grand scheme of things, while it is a lot of things, it's a lot of simple things. It's not a lot of like intricate intertwined yeah. moving parts. It's yeah. just a lot of moving parts. Sure, there's there's they're not complicated moving parts, but there's it's a lot of brain work. And the designers did absolutely nothing to mitigate that at all. Um, you you could probably even say that um, they they reveled in it, yeah. right? I mean, it's a Civ game, and so with that, yeah, kind of come. Oh yeah, it is kind of a Civ. They built it as a Civ game, and with that comes certain. You know, it's a Civ game. We have to put this in, or it's a Civ game. We have to make it a certain complication. And especially with yeah. Glenn Drover, but you know, um, well, with Glenn Drover, right? Because you look like Serenissima and other games that are like that. There's there, there are games that are 
Civ-ish without being as complicated, but they're specifically designed to be a lower key game. This this is designed to be Civ and the big Sid Meier sort of tradition of it, where there if if it ain't got the complexity, it it ain't in. I mean, it's it's it doesn't count as a Civ game, and I and I, I don't think there was any attempt to pair that stuff out i mean a lot of games they'll sit there and they'll say okay we're gonna we're gonna keep you know we're gonna you know the game isn't done until we've removed everything that doesn't need to be there well with the civ game that's not how it works with the mm-hmm. civ game it's like oh, no 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 keep putting stuff in all well, right see, and, I, and this is in that tradition i just i mean i agree with you it's in that tradition but i i disagree with they didn't take anything out because i think they removed a lot like and, um like placement on the map mattering for cities I think they said, that's complicated. We're not going to track it. Don't worry about it. I think that was even a selling point in the marketing, wasn't it? Where they're like, oh, you can settle wherever you want. Well, right. You don't have to travel to a place and build a city there. And and that is a little out of the Yeah, the traveling step, the exploration step is gone. Right, it's just gone. And frankly, I think it's it's a weaker game for it. I think because of that is missing, and I'm not and even it, sure you save that much on complexity. Yeah, it feels weird, and but think about it: if if you had to add in that exploration step, you suddenly turn a three-hour game into a five-hour game. Oh, sure, I'm, and I agree with that. I'm not sure what you'd cut out. This one doesn't have the grandeur of a Civ game that can take six hours to play. Right. They've, they've, they've replaced that whole exploration phase with an area control yeah. mechanic where you just hear seven areas on the board, start playing to the one you want. I mean, there's, there, there's, a, there's a chunk of El Grand underneath all of this mm-hmm. where it's, I need to go over and get into blue because blue is where people are soft and I can, I can make some ground there. So well, the game could use a Castile. <laughs> I have no clue how that works. Are the catapults not Castiles? No, the catapults are like nuclear bombs, and and you know some some Civ games actually have nuclear bombs. <laughs> the veto card, right? And that, and that's where the siege engines come in. And and tonight in our play, the siege engines just completely decimated two regions that were otherwise highly contested. So um, it it really changed the shape of the game. Yeah, and it seems like in every Civ game, there's some mechanic or some piece that just doesn't seem to make sense that just kind of seems like it blows up the whole game yeah we talk about the exploration it used to be okay i'm going to start down here on the far southeast of the board oh we turned over a tile and what do you know i have a city over there right and oh it's right next to diamonds and it right. just that would right. just well, always and, seem to kind of yeah, and i you flipped a, i flipped a plague token oh yeah right and 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 th- that that sort of crazy luck aspect to it is is also part of the tradition as well and i don't mind that that was missing right i think that's probably the weakest part of exploration is some people strike it rich and other people get nothing Mm -hmm. and that's i don't like that in my board games i I don't miss the exploration part of civ each one of them have had it before and this one kind of took it away everything is open like all of the all the resources that are available are face up and Without having to explore, you can just drop in wherever you want. Your civilizations are essentially like jumping out of a C-140 or whatever, C-130. Yeah. Just to wherever they want in ancient Europe. And it, it, was, it was just weird because... Thematically, it doesn't... Thematically, it made no sense because yeah, it, my civilization started in Spain, 
but I could just show up in Egypt whenever I wanted to. I could show up in Italy whenever I wanted to and didn't have to. Yeah. It was just weird, there's no investment. Yeah. There's that that no, part of it, that part of it's a little weird. Once uh, your cities are on the board, yeah. they don't have, they don't require anything. They don't produce anything. They just sit there. Yeah, it was a little bit of a disconnect with that part um, of it. Yeah. So I also like I'm sitting there playing, and you know, part of it is counting symbols. Like every technology that you get, any special city that you build. They all have one of nine different civilization technology symbols. They call them technolo- technological pillars, I think. Uh, no, the I think they were the pillars of society is what they're called. Pillars of yeah. whatever. So um, they're pillars. But there's a whole different mismatch. Frankly, I think the disconnect here was for, for me. Um, the symbols were primarily on the technology cards. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you had this massive stack of technology cards. Where they were, I don't know how many there actually were, but there were a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, the effects of the technology card weren't didn't feel connected to the technology, right? I wasn't going, oh boy, I hope I develop the wheel or sailing so I can do this. It was, I hope a random technology shows up with this symbol that I need. Yeah, yeah you're, you're hunting for symbols. You're hunting, hunting for, for symbols. symbols. I don't care yeah. what the technology's on. It doesn't matter to me, right? I don't care what the what the card is. Yeah, it's not really a, it doesn't have that tech tree feel that you really want out of a symbol. Yeah, exactly. Game. There was no technology tree. But but how, how many games really do that well? Wings for the Baron. Well, okay, okay. So there's there, there's one. So yeah. so we we solved that. Problem. I mean, in all yeah, the previous also, civilization yeah, games, all the other civilization yeah, games, yeah, they like, they do. They all have a big tech tree. It's so part so of the, so part if of the you appeal. learn sailing, now you can travel across the water tiles instead of just across the land tiles right. and that sort of thing. And yeah. you can you know it does with movements of your ships as well, how fast they can go. You know, Stephen develops iron working, and no other civilization can develop iron working. Well, there, I built there siege is engines, too. and nobody else gets siege yeah. engines. and right. that was broken. And, and maybe we're playing it wrong i mean we've only played it twice now like we actually had population at the beginning of this game we weren't struggling for that we missed a single rule this time i don't think we missed something with the technology cards but maybe it is that way that now that the siege engines are out on the table can everybody play a siege engine i had two in my box and and from a historic perspective and i realize this means absolutely nothing when you're talking about gaming but the minute a civilization gets a hold of something that works better than everything else everybody else steals it I mean, it's the whole nature of it. So, Wings so for the want, Baron. Yeah, you right? want to go back to Wings for the Baron again, the first thing you do is you play an espionage card, you steal stuff. So Wings for the Baron, for those of you who haven't played it yet, put it on your short list if you can find a copy. But in a game like this where somebody can sit there and, and capture a card, be it iron working, or, or you had a card which essentially said, everybody needs to get out of my part of the country. Yeah. And, and, and we were just... Knock it out. You just can't come in. He yeah. built a wall. Right. You just said no, so nobody can come in. You you had Siege Engine cards, Sam, that just essentially say, hey, I get to show up and nuke a region, and with, with two military guys, suddenly I can run the show. And that's fine if everybody's got a shot at that. If it costs you 50 gold to put one of those out there, then more power to you. You spent your 50 and you got it. All of us realize we've got to do the same thing. we got to pay the 50 in order to get out there and compete, and you, you end up with an arms race which is not only more organic and kind of makes sense from us to us culturally, but also makes the game more interesting because you're all you suddenly that's something that you struggle to go after. But even in the other games with military, if you're the first one to develop it, yes, you can buy it. But if other people buy it, then you make something from it. But to be, Hey, I'm the only one that can have a siege engine. Did kind of feel like it broke that, a little that bit exclusivity, of the game. Yeah, right? It, and, and you end totally up totally changed things. You, yes. you, you end up with a card that is incredibly powerful and is 
is not shareable. And so to, just two points about that. So the Siege Engine card, there's only one in the deck. And I know that there are designers that think that that makes it balanced. You have a 180-card deck, and you've got one broke-ass card that's available. Not everyone's going to get to it. It's not going to come up every game. And that's how they balance those broken... That's how those broken cards are balanced, because it's not going to show up every time. Or if it does... Okay, great. You just deal with it. And the next game, it may not show up again. That's that's like the mentality. I've seen that like pointed out in different discussions as, okay, this card is broken. Well, there's 180 cards. You're only going to draw. You'll find some other broken card to play. Yeah. yeah. But so then going back to, y'all have been using the, the example, oh, Steven had Ironworks. I don't even know what Ironworks did. It gave me like all I can remember about it is it gave me a you, warfare symbol. You, your 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 army couldn't be taken off yeah. the field. Your no, that was, was armor. That was oh, armor. That was, that was armor. armor. So I do know. I, I do remember armor. That point, I, I was a fool with ironworks. Yeah, so, yeah, I should have bought armor. But there were so many cards that all they all, the only thing they did for you was give you a symbol, and they and they might move up your production track a little bit. Yeah, and it just felt very anticlimactic to to purchase those cards and again like you said like you're looking at the technology row and primarily what you're looking at is the symbols like what symbol does it give me yeah i need food but like, the I reason why we were looking at that because one there is an achievement you can get when you get all nine of the symbols and then there is also the golden age where if you get you're right. the first one to get six in so, any so of the nine points symbols from here and points from there you and get points, points from somewhere from else oh, yeah. sure and then, but, the, and then some of the special projects are you get points for every symbol you have so you know I've got the and, point I've got the special project walls that I get a point for every military tag that I have so I'm going to pull every military tag I can find because yeah, there are points at the end of the game doing. for me. It's right, but that's not interesting. Yeah. Right? For a civilization game, I feel like technology should be impactful. Mm-hmm. Right? It should be, oh, I finally got this technology. Now I get to do something cool. Yeah, it should and, be like, I have ironworks. Now my infantry have better swords and they get a better attack. Right. And frankly, the project cards where you know I spend my action this turn on getting a project card that gives me points at the end of the game is they're just not interesting. I mean, I did it. I I beat Chris because I grabbed a bunch of project cards and technology cards that gave me points. But that was all they did. I wasn't like, oh boy, I built up to this. What a shining moment. Congratulations, it was, you built sewers. It was, I'm going to grab this card because it gives me points. And frankly, the reason I won is because I got Siege Engines. And I got Siege Engines because you bought a technology card on your turn, and on my turn, Siege Engines came out. Yeah. And uh, so I grabbed it i don't think it was on the i don't think it was on the table for a turn yeah i no, mean it wasn't. you flipped it over to refill the one that i had taken and you, you never set it down you immediately yeah. put it in your plate <laughs> yeah, i mean i would have been dumb and, to put it down and and to add on top of that you you didn't even need the resource that is required to purchase that card because everything is fungible to cash so at any point you want you can spend money to cover your knowledge points to cover your stone points to cover your food points. It just doesn't matter. I mean, that's a, that's a different it's, topic. It I is think. a different topic. And frankly, I think if we're talking about simplicity versus complexity, I think that's a benefit. The oh, fact it that you can buy anything it, with gold. Well, it's, it certainly makes it simple, but it, it, it takes out. So, so if that card comes up and you look down and you go, 
Oh, golly, I needed knowledge for that, and I had, don't have my reserve of knowledge in case a card like that comes up, and you can't just buy your way out of the jam, then regardless of, of which line the cards are coming out of, you can cover it. You just got a little bit of cash in your back pocket, and you can pick up that card, and that's what I'm saying. So, so at that point, they have released the tension. You know, you're building this game where there's there is stone and there is food and there is taxation and there is uh, six Tariff. or seven different things that that you can do, and and they've given this pressure relief valve in the form of, or you could just spend cash. So if, as, as long as there's enough cash in the game, and and that was me at the beginning of the game. I didn't need stone. I, I didn't produce any resources this game. I think I produced resources. I think I produced stone once, and I think I produced and I produced people. I I I, uh, I bought food stuff, or I paid for food, and I get it. But every, everything was coming out of cash because I, I had a high tariff number, and I would just go over and steal whatever money was. Owed I was putting bank. a lot of cities out. I put a bunch of the port cities. Other people put cities, yep. and that feeds into the tax and the tariff yeah. fund. And so the money was always there. So, so, so to some extent, I think you you don't need that balanced play that a lot of Civ like games. You need to be moving yourself up on three or four different tracks in order to stay in the mix. And in this game, it's like, hey, if I got cash, cash is king. I can do whatever I want. I can buy anything except siege engines. Can't buy those, but I can buy from any of the different categories. So I think the way they they balance the. The cash is king is with the um, with the uh, the civil unrest, which is negative points at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you may right. be you may be losing two points at the end of the game, but you're also gaining like sixty money sometimes. It, it's it's a very easy equation to look at that and, and say I'm going to pick up ten and yeah. lose two. And, and frankly, there's it's plenty of ways to to uh, mitigate to the mitigate unrest. the unrest factor. Right, yeah. that's yeah. not a problem. But I I do like how the resource game came came together. I actually enjoyed that part of the game. I liked, I, I did enjoy the fact that, you know, I didn't have to worry about, oh, this city is producing this food. It was just, mm-hmm. how much is my civilization producing? Yeah. Um, but it, it feels weird to call it my civilization because I didn't feel attached to it at all, really. It was just kind of... The leader was something that you started off with and then it's forgot just, yeah, about. One special ability. Yeah. And, and so, so at that point... We're back to the original point of oh, I'm just collecting the symbols. Is because they they have taken that that flavor, that that nice creamy sauce that is on typical Civ games where you you really have a narrative to your play, is is kind of has the legs cut out from under. Yeah, it I, I don't feel like there was any narrative to my civilization really. Yeah. I had a strategy and it worked out well for me, but I didn't. Nothing about that strategy was informed by my civilization or the things that came up. It was entirely, you know, a cold blooded calculus of this is the path for me to win. And I got lucky a few times. And you, I mean, a big thing was you got government early, which allowed you to score all those points for right. your golden ages. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I aimed for it. And you right. actually used all the rules and I, yes. I'm going to be honest with you, My brain simply is not up to the challenge of understanding there's 13 options on the board. Well, you're trying using. to figure out what can I do to build my engine? Yeah. And then there's also these things on the side that says, if your engine is here, you get these points. So either you focus on trying to get those points or you're focusing on... So there's there's a few different styles of engine builders, right? There's the engine builders where as you build your engine, you get better at building your engine and you kind of snowball exponentially. And then there are engine builders where you just have to make it over the cliff and then you can start scoring points. Or, or, or others 
like Glory to Rome, where you find the the broken combination, where you find the one or two pieces that just work together and allow you to crush. But isn't Glory to Rome all designed about being broken? It's. It, right. I mean, part of the magic yeah. of it is yeah. you finding that combination. Right. And you can argue it's a Civ game, too, that plays in, in 40 minutes. Yeah, but it's, who can find the best broken combo the quickest? Right. Yeah. And, and here, here's and a that's game. the charm of Glory to Rome. Right. Yeah. And here's a game where... There's a couple of broken pieces, and everything else is kind of nice and balanced. But they're hidden in the deck, so it's okay. Anyway, uh, you or, know, or they just overlooked it. Yeah, and, and and that may be a possibility as well. Or, or frankly, we may have overlooked a rule. I don't think we have. But yeah. I but, mean, I, the siege engines were nice, but so you pull that card out of the deck. Yeah, you could just. I you mean, just house rule it. That card comes I out. Mean, then nobody or can you could do it that engines, once a siege engine comes out, then everybody can build a siege. Oh my engine. god! Could you imagine that board though? Like if the four of us over how many regions were there? Eight regions. There's seven regions, and there's four seven of us, regions. and each so, of us yeah. could be doing that in two regions. That would be awful. But then it would just mean military would have much right, greater I value. Mean, I have a siege engine, and also Chris not just cities, engine. but towns. Towns, it right. did not and negate isn't towns. is a little weird that it doesn't negate towns, it only negates cities? Well, well how much gonna... more do you want, dude? I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> I say, my problem with it is, is it turned off all of the cities. I think if it if it was targeted, you get to choose one opponent yeah. to or even, turn even off. adjacent Like you cities. said, it did or, say opponent. It did say so, opponent, no, so that the, could be debated. The example in the rule book the, yeah, so it, the example disabling the cities of two other anyway, players. So it and should... It can't be adjacent because... You don't track the position of military units. Yeah, units don't have position. Yeah, they just can make region. a rule for siege yeah. engines that says adjacent, and that would be done. Sure, and that would be the end of it. And that's and and so that's that's a bigger question. It doesn't particularly apply to this game, but you know, back before the internet existed, if you had a question on the rules or you didn't like the way a rule worked, you just changed the game. You just said, okay, this card's out, or we're going to play that this card does this or whatever. And I'm just wondering if if that's the kind of thing where I mean I, I mean most modern gamers are like, no, I'm going to contact the, the the developer of the game it's three o'clock in the morning on the east coast but i'm calling him anyway um we sort of feel like we th- there's some level of obligation for for that kind of support to be available for the game but but sometimes i think you just sort of say well siege engines doesn't work for our group so we set that aside and and you you let other or, or you change the rule something to to nerf it a little bit so that it's a little bit more yeah, either choose one opponent or or As you said, you, or, or that one, just, that's a thing that goes on the board on the like on the board in a hex, and then everything that's adjacent to that hex yep. is turned off. Or or it gets sorted into the bottom third of that deck, so that if you do get it, you only get it for a short period of time, and you only get to bring it out. And that's what happens in other Civ games, where you actually have atomic bombs as one of your options, but you got to get all the way up to the modern era before you get a chance to use it. So it's it's not something that crushes you. Whereas siege engines in this game could be the third card down in that deck. Or they could be in the opening hand. Yeah, they could come out very quickly and and really have a huge impact. And and to some extent, we sort of got lucky. I think it was in two of our three scoring rounds. And it could have yes, been in was. all three. It could have been. I mean, yeah. Maybe the expansion that adds some type of combat to it will handle that. Because right. there was no way... Other than a technology card yeah, to be able to remove. There were the technology remove. cards, but as you, as you so pointed maybe out. maybe I learned the next time I hold on to a couple yeah. of those cards that allow me to remove pieces from the board. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. If you held on to one of those cards, you could have killed the siege engines. 
Yeah, True. and this is only our second play. But yeah. the only problem with that was is you five dollars puts it right back out there. It's yeah. not like it's gone for good. Right. I mean, I could have melted it down and torn. And it And see, I'm wondering, like, would it have been better had they come out early because then they would have been on the board and we would have known to not build up that space. He still so could have moved them. He could have moved them, yeah, but it would have cost him a lot of money and to they could do only so. Move one space, yeah. So I mean, I feel like it could have gone that that could have gone either way. But I mean, it really sucked. Like I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of skin in that game. But it was what France and Chris had probably built what four cities probably. I mean, Chris was like looking at France and was like, "I'm going to cover every single space in there because it's something that I can do. It'll be fun. I'll score a lot of points and whatever." And then Sam's just like, <laughs> "Nope, no." Cancel card. Oh, by the way, all those points that you like would have been getting, I am yeah. now getting because I have yeah. the majority. And what was they're, it? Second place only gets for majority. three. Yeah. Two points. Two points. They're, they're canceled for majority, but they still count for points. They still count and for I points. I get them. And as a, as a quick aside, um, to say something nice about the game, I actually did enjoy the area control. Um, the way that cities give influence and points. So the, yeah, more, that's the more you invest into a region the higher reward it is for whoever wins. Mm-hmm. I liked that aspect. And so, I, I think it worked well for me because my goal was two of you were going after technology and I decided I'm going to put as much stuff on the table on the board as I can. So I was getting the trade goods and I was getting that. So when we did go to scoring that I would have, yeah, you get the big score. I would get the scores on that. And that worked out well. And basically it was the siege engine that yeah, canceled. It, it basically was. I mean, that's that's another thing. There are you can get government cards, and they allow you to score extra points during empire scoring. They're, they're exclusive as well. They are no. exclusive. There can so, only be so if there's one already monarchy. a despot out there. You don't get to be a despot. Yeah, <laughs> there will be one monarchy, one oligarchy, etc. Um, and frankly, the governments are a big deal because there's well, only like three of the governments are a big deal. Yeah, well, I'm getting to that. Yeah. <laughs> there's only a few points. There's only a few ways to score points in the game. Um, the empire scoring where you score the regions is the major one. But if you have a government, you can score additional points and there's two, three government types. There's the one I had where I got two points for every achievement I'd completed. So I was getting 14 points during each of the three empire scoring phases. And then there was the theocracy where you get two points for every region you have a city in. And Chris was scoring 12 points per empire scoring phase. Stephen had closed down one region, shut no down city one building. Region. And I mean, that's a lot of points, right? Yeah. But those were, those were the two big ones where you score mm-hmm. a lot of points doing that. Um, and it is and a lot of points. And they're, and they're exclusive. I, they are exclusive. I mean, I won, I had 199 points. Chris had 170 something, but I, I'm pointing right. out, I think we both had a guy. I, I had a government for each scoring phase. I had a government for two scoring yeah. phases. And that's a lot of points to leave on the table. Yeah. Contention for a common resource. He who gets there first. It's mm-hmm. it's fundamentally it's a race, and I, and I don't think that's an issue. If it's it's get there first, and you get and you get your nugget, you get your six points. Yeah. I mean, I'm not fine. I'm not saying that it's poorly designed or that it didn't work. I'm saying thematically it is shallow, yeah, and and frankly, as far as races go, it was difficult to invest in it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were whole periods of time where it was just I don't need any of those symbols that are available. Yeah. And if I purchase a card from the track, it's going to give it to Samuel because yeah. he's going to flip it over. It's just you know it gets refreshed after my turn, and somebody else gets it. Yeah, that's I mean is it, that's that's sort of the nature of any game. That's where you where you're well, turning up a card. Not, I mean, I mean you, yeah. you could argue Gin Rummy has the exact same problem. 
It's it's curious. So so you you have to decide is is the Civ game the thing that's going on on the map where you're trying to to build cities and build towns and that sort of thing, which in this game is is somewhat um, 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 neutralized because you know cities don't produce something in particular. It's not like you need to build yeah, cities just, in order to get they your just food. give you control over or or is a Civ game about I'm the first. I've got the most culture points. I've got the most technology points. I'm whatever because that the, the the pieces you're talking about are fundamentally that it's hey I'm the first guy that got the most. I've got the music and I've got the dance and those points. So and and and, and that's a big part of Civ. You guys are sitting there saying, well, that feels tacked on. I'm like, well, boy, I don't know. Maybe that's the middle and the, the stuff going on on the map sort of feels like it's not the the natural part of the game. So me. I feel like. So let me let me propose something because you have this nice board. It's styled like mosaics spread out on a on a big field, mm-hmm. and you have the the nice nice three uh, D models, and it feels like when you look at the game, you go, oh, look at this map, look at the hexes, look at the cool cities. This is the important part of the game, and then you have the cards and the the token collecting. Right, where you're trying to collect the symbols, and you just have a pile of cards, and so if you, who if, who has how many symbols of of what and who know I don't know I don't know what Stephen well, has I don't know what you right have. and and are you racing with somebody else and you stole one away from me and and, and the reason you got it is because you you go right before me and technically you had one extra turn to get it right and that's and that's fine and that's all that's all part of the game and that's a question of mechanics I'm saying <laughs> component wise right so I feel like the game wants you to focus on the map. Well, so take all your little pieces, get yourself a couple of those little Scrabble holders and set those little cards up so that they're in a string along the side so that it is painfully obvious to you that so, they are sitting there and what they do. So actually, I think I think a different proposal, and this this bothers me with this game, where it's, it's um, it talks about them being the pillars of civilization. And we talked about this the first time we played it, where you have your income track, and then on the right side of the board you have the circles where you store the trade goods. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, look at the pillars of civilization. We're going to build the pillars up. For this. That's a cool thing. And they hardly matter at all. I got like three of them. Whatever. Why don't they just have uh, like the, the cube trackers where you have nine different pillars and you move the cube up if you, as you get each symbol on the cards and that's how you track it and then when you build yeah, you a complete that. pillar of civilization you get the card and, 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 uh, and, and, and other civ games do that where you've got a little tracker where you're tracking your right. culture you're i just i feel your... like that would move that towards a more center stage well especially if all the if all the cubes are on the same board that would actually be sort of an interesting way to view it because you could see whether you're ahead or behind of the right board. And yeah and then it would actually feel like you're building that you, pillar you that would actually sure put some track. tension into it because yeah. then it's like Okay, well, I see that I've got like four of the book symbols, you know, and four is, you know, close to six. So, you know, in a couple of turns, I could like weasel my way into it. But I'm not looking over at John, and I'm not going to ask John how many books he has because it's that's going to tele- yeah. telegraph exactly what I'm trying to do. So, yeah. so at this point, you're not talking about the rules, you're talking about the physical execution of the model of the game yes that the I pieces think, aren't doing what they're supposed I to do i think the rules would be better if they were better supported by the physical components okay so there's there's room for improvement there i i agree with you those those special scoring pieces um i i wouldn't say that they're an add-on i'd say that they're just not presented clearly enough for you to see 
not only where you are, but where everybody else is as well, or even which of those is in play. Like the pillars in... Um, Planet Unknown? Well, That's I, what I'm thinking of, is we just played that game the other week. So, yeah. You're I mean, still the, looking at each other's boards. Yeah. No, so well, I'm thinking, you, you I'm thinking the pillars easily. in um, Blue Moon City... So you're building those three, those four columns, but everyone's got yeah, their pieces on it. Yeah, if you go back 15 it. years, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you know, something like, I mean, those are pillars, and it's a city builder, so, I mean, you know, kind of makes... It's in the same same kind of vein, you're right. I, I think yeah. if you have a... I mean, frankly, I think if we, when we, if, when we play this again, the game would be much improved just by grabbing a piece of paper and some markers and... Putting together like a pillars track, a pillars track, and everybody put, everybody puts a cube on each pillar, and you move it up as you go. And I think that would make the game feel yeah. more coherent and, and also be easier to play because I'm not sitting here counting five and six, you know, all my did nine different symbols it, eight times. It would I'm be just a, looking, and it would be a good reminder because I'm, I'm going to be I, these games don't favor me because I just can't keep track of the 18 different ways to score. Whereas that would make it very clear. And, and you're right, you, you could even have kind of a, a general case for, for a lot of them where it's the number of culture points or the number of agriculture or whatever. You could have a general form, and then you, you, you put the card on that you're fighting for, and yeah. then you just mark mm-hmm. off one, two, three, four, five. You can do it with different colors. You can move a block, whatever. Yeah. That's, that's, that's sort of an interest. That'd be an interesting sideboard. That'd be a neat project to try and improve. And, and that kind of let me segue into the bit in the rules where it said, if you meet the requirements for a civilization achievement, right? One of each symbol, a certain amount of income, or the golden ages where you have six of a certain symbol. The rules for that is, if you meet the requirements on your turn, you may claim it, and you can claim more than one. Which means that if you meet the requirements and you're not thinking about it and you don't realize, you don't get it. So part of the game is now remembering that. And if I notice that John meets the requirements, well, I I don't want to tell him because you can steal it away. I can steal it away, and it, once it is, I claim it, he goes, "Oh, I had that." I'm like, "Well, sucks to suck, John." Yeah. Well, it is one of those things, but no offense, but they were sitting right underneath your nose. It's Us about out here it, in the hinterlands. Yeah, it's like that is not what we're thinking about, and you know, once that came out, then we went through everybody, checked everything, we laid them out, we, we were encouraging each other. And then I reminded yeah. everybody, every time you picked up a card, I was like, did that give you six of something? Well, not every time, but yeah. Mo- most well, times. Once, <laughs> right. once he was winning by an insurmountable Oh yeah, for sure. Once, well, once his victory once had been sealed. Once the siege engine <laughs> so, came out. So what I'm, what I'm saying is... The that way was just that, him covering his butt. The way like, the, no, 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 I reminded yeah, you. The way the, the rules were worded, they encouraged me to not remind you. Right, for it sure. Beho- it behooves me to play cutthroat. I'll be honest with you. I, I think that's fair, but oh, I like don't were- think that's fair. I, I think that's bad design. I, I think that when you design the game, you should have the rules, and everyone should be on the same playing field. Right? I don't want this. This isn't a social deduction game. I don't want part of the game to be me distracting Chris on his turn so he doesn't claim the achievement card, and on my turn I get it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's Chris's shtick, not yours. But it also reminds me of Munchkin. It's like it's not cheating unless somebody calls you out and you get right, caught. But that's right. a, that's Munchkin. That's yeah. Not I mean, it's specifically spelled out totally that you can different. cheat in that game if as long as you don't get caught. I, you get I, caught. I, then... I just I I think if there, if there was a a better mechanical way to manage this, 
at that point, it, it doesn't I become guess. as big an issue. If, if, if somebody overlooks it when they're actually moving their little chips up and there's a marker that says you get this card, yeah. then at that point, it's not. Nah, and maybe if we've played it like 20 times and yeah, we're very exactly. familiar with, hey, I know if I get all nine of these symbols, then right. I get and, an achievement. And, and I, th- I think that's part of my challenges is, is I, I don't uptake games as well i'm if i've played a game six or eight times okay now i actually understand the rules well enough that i don't have to relearn them each week whereas whereas you sam you pick up real quick first plays you've got a distinct advantage over me and frankly i think both of these other two old guys in the room as well um just because you're much sharper picking up that kind of stuff and and um you know we're reviewing this game after playing it twice so there's a part of me that thinks yeah i just this just isn't my kind of game you know and and i I joked next week we play formula d because it only has about eight rules and they all come at the same time at the same place and it's pretty easy to keep track of all of them so that's just my personal beef with the game is there's just a lot of complexity here and after after a full day of work i just don't think i handle it as well as you three do I liked all the complexity. I like that's what I like about Civ games. It's that race. It's that feeling like I can do this. I can get there. I've got the strategy to get me to that next spot where I win. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really liked. And I did enjoy this game, even though there was a struggle. There was the frustration of something that felt not part of the game. It's it, it, it took it seemed like it took away the siege engine, but. Now you know what I can. Sam I can adapt for that. I can adapt <laughs> for that for the next game. Yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoyed the complexity as well. Um, I do enjoy complex games, uh, and I pick them up quickly. My my issue we touched on this earlier was, it, in some ways, it feels like it's not complex enough. Like there's not like with just a little more meat on its bones, it would do better. Um, just because for a lot of the game, you don't have a ton of options to interact with what's available, right? If I really want to push for military stuff, well, I hope there's a technology card that's out there because if I if there's not, I'm pretty powerless to do anything about that. Yeah, right. I think yeah, there's a lot of cards out on the board. Yeah, I think that having that track to track all of your pillars, I think would add an extra layer of interaction that you know technically is there but without that visualization it's not it's not not like in your face yeah i I mean to be honest i struggled to keep track of how many of each symbol i had yeah i mean and how am i going to keep track of how many you have the uh, you know and the thing with like you're talking about formula d like there's only one path forward in Formula D. There's no shortcuts. There's exactly. No, there's My no kind of game. And you know that's 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 great. It's like straightforward. It's who can get there the, the quickest. There aren't 17 ways to score points. No. You can try and make shortcuts. Just doesn't always. It work. just doesn't always work. Well, and you you've got brakes and you got engine points and you got it. so so there is some. complexity. But you might find yourself in the stands eating ice cream, there, watching everybody else. Right. There is some the complexity in that game. It's just not. Um, it's not there's 32 different ways to score points. There's a lot of ways to, to score points in this game. And, mm-hmm. I, and I did awful when we were scoring points. Before final scoring, I was awful. But I knew that I had this big pile of cards in front of me where I was scoring points for every food I had, for every military I had, for every whatever I had. And I'm like, okay, so I, I, I can redeem myself a little bit at the end. So there's, there's just a lot of ways to score points. It's just that I can only really wrap my head around two or three of them instead of all of them. And we played this game twice, and each time it was won differently. So I like the fact that we've played games before that 
if they feel broken, it's like if somebody does this or somebody gets this card, the game is over. There's no way to to beat that person or that's the path to victory. This one, there's so many different options and things that you can pass that you can go down and Mm -hmm. the way the board changes can change that. But it it adds to that complexity and the dynamic of the game. And and it's not past us to maybe change a rule or pull out a card in order to make the game more interesting for our group in particular. Yeah, I mean, if I know we're going to play this again, I'm probably going to try to put together a a pillar tracker board. Yeah, I really think I really think that just that one minor change. I mean, it's not a it's not a huge change, and you know whatever, and it could be something they throw in an, an expansion, like just an extra piece of cardboard, like for almost nothing. Yeah. And I really think that that could like really add some tension. To I, the, I think to it the could play. really elevate it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is an interesting point that I had not considered until you mentioned it. Yeah. I, I think that elevates the mechanics where you can track it and you're not thinking it gives about it some physicality. It gives yeah. It physicality. I think that's strong. I think it also helps thematically, right? Where you can look at it and say, okay, these are what makes a civilization. Here's where my civilization is in regards to that pillar. Who publishes? Oh, I don't know. Well, whoever you are, uh, our royalty checks can be mailed to. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, because apparently 13 pounds of components were not enough. There's one more <laughs> that needs to happen. Also, just thematically, I feel like that ties it together, yeah. right? It, it helps yeah. me look at it and go, okay, my culture has mastered the pillar of you know, government or urbanization. Yeah. Good for me. Rather than it being, okay, I think I've got six of these symbols now. I'm going to claim this card. I'm going to claim this tile and move on to the next thing. I mean, think about it. So it's your turn. You can look and say, all right, Samuel's going after me. Mm -hmm. It adds like a little, like a little more to your decision making when you're looking at the technology cards. Well, it's, it's information display. Fundamentally it is, it is data visualization as to where everybody stands so that you can see what's going on and what your position is in the middle. And it, it frees up a lot of your brain power from just keeping track of that basic removes that cognitive overload. You're right. Yeah. So, um, just to kind of circle back around another thing that I, I, and we talked about this, but I just wanted to reiterate it. I like that this is a Civ game that's more area control than it is total domination. Civilization or Risk or something like that where it's like, okay, we can share spaces and in a way that we score points, but it's not about me also having to try to muscle you out of a space. That's, that's a good point, yeah. especially for this kind of multiplayer game. Yeah, It's not a win more kind of game, Mm -hmm. right? It's you built up in this area and I'm going to come in and I'm going to invest more than you. So I score the points, but next scoring round, you can invest more. I mean, you can see some, you can, you can keep investing and now you're going to score more points because of the cities that I built here. Mm -hmm. And those cities aren't gone now. I've still got them. I can try and win it back. Unless there's a, unless there's a siege siege engine. engine, But frankly, with the siege engines, Chris, you could have put military units there. But, I mean, frankly, that just kind of brings it back to the siege engine makes that weird. Yeah. I think the idea behind the siege engines is that they allow you to conquer a region with only military units, right? Because you ignore the cities. What well, ended up happening was I went, well, I've already got a bunch of cities here, so it's mine. And it, it's sort of, if, if the person that was in last place had picked up the siege engines, you could sit there and say, oh, that's his, that's his way to get back into the game. Right. It's that would have been cool. It's, it's just, it's just this, it's this monster leverage arm 
that depending on who gets a hold of it and and it's oftentimes it's a matter of whose turn happens to be up when it comes up and since you can cash out anything they're almost assuredly able to grab it i mean i'll tell you what next time we play this game if that siege engine card comes up I don't care what position you're in. If you're the next player, you're like, yeah, that's mine. And, and I, frankly, nothing else. I'm making sure nobody else gets it. Frankly, I think that's that's the the crux of my my issue with the system, right? Because most of the cards you only care about because they're symbols. You only they give you a minor bonus, or they let you put a few extra there's troops a few down. Military cards, it like, really. But like with the siege engines, drastically change the game for one player. They don't have to invest towards it. They don't have to to work hard for it. They just, they're the ones whose turn is next when it comes up. Okay, so we've beaten that horse. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. well, it was a big horse. So so on the whole, okay, so, so call the question. On the whole, what do we think of the game, big picture and small picture? Like how... As a civilization game? No, just in okay, particular. Okay. I mean, so that's the on a claim. Scale right? one to ten. All right. You've played the game twice. You got a pretty good idea how everything's working. All right. What's the score, and why? Well, there are two. Th- there are two aspects to the game that I I think work really well and are interesting in the way that they kind of come together. And as I mentioned, I really think that the, the area control versus the total domination aspect of this particular Civ game works really well. And I think it's very interesting. I also liked how your population interacted with your production to give you your value of like what your civilization actually produced. Um, I, I, I liked that mechanism and pulling those levers and kind of making it work in ways that, um, you know, now that we were playing correctly with the correct amount of population, like it really opened the game up for us. And, you know, just uh, the way that you develop your resources, I just I, I really thought that that was an interesting take on how to do that. So those two mechanisms together, I think, make it a really good game. The two dead horses that we've been beating, I think if we make that pillars board and add that to kind of like make that a little more have stakes, I think that'll be a good part for the game. And then the siege engines kind of soured it. In the end, I'm going to play this again. Even before we get the expansion for it, I'll probably play this again if if Chris can convince us to play it, but one to 10, if I'm going to rate this, I'm going to give it a good solid seven until something just breaks. I think it's a, I think it's a good game and I'll, I'll play it again. So solid seven for me, Sam. So I think there's a lot of this game that I really like. I, I really like the area control. I like the different types of income. I like the way the wonders work. And they tie into the area control well. Um, I'm really interested to see with the expansion that's coming out sometime next year. It's supposed to add more to the warfare and to the different civilizations, make it a little more asymmetrical and stuff like that. I'm really interested to see that. I really want to try it with that pillars board. I think that would would really elevate things. Uh, and I would I would look forward to playing this again. Maybe without the Siege Engines card, because if I if I get it again, I would have to watch my back on my way home. <laughs> uh, I would give this at least a seven. At least. Chris? So as we talked about at the beginning of the night, 
I love civilization games, and Mosaic doesn't do anything to disappoint me. There were some frustrations, but I've had that in other games. I look forward to playing this again. I think about, okay, do we want to try it with five or six, or is four that magic number? I want to play this again, but it's not something... I don't think I want to pull it out next week. My brain needs some time off for it. (laughs) So... With that being said, it's a Civ game. I love Civ games. I like this game. I like the way it looks. I like this huge box as it comes out on the table. It's dominant. It does have a presence. It It does does definitely have a presence. So, uh, you know, I love Civ games. This game is at least a seven. Hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. This, This game is dancing on the edge of greatness. And I like that phrase. Yeah, um, that's a good. I like that. And and, and and you know this. Can we is, change the name of our this, podcast? This, <laughs> this, this is this is not my kind of game. But that said, I mean, you 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 rate based on how much you appreciate how the things work, whether it's your particular kind of game or not. The and but I got to boil. There's one word that just kind of keeps coming up, and I'm not sure if I've said it yet, but is the exclusivity of some capabilities in the game. Mm-hmm. You take the despot or you take the oligarchy, nobody else can have it. You take the siege engine, nobody else can have it. And I think that's a real shortcoming in the way the game plays out. And if that stuff was more freely available, if any government was available to anybody, they simply had to select it. If any military unit was available to anybody, you just had to pay for it. I think suddenly the game gets much, much more interesting. There's sort of a Cold War escalation. Nobody else has taken siege engines. I'm not going to spend the money to do it. And that there, there, there's, there's that, that kind of, you know, unwritten alliance sort of thing that goes on with your competitors suddenly comes into the play. And as it stands right now, the game doesn't do that. You, you, you have to get there first and you have to take it. And usually I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, hey, something scarce. But given the thematics of this game, it's okay for there to be two oligarchies in the Mediterranean in ancient times. So at that point, I think, I think it gets pulled down to a seven for me because of these just minor tweaks that these I think near misses. The, yeah, exactly. I think could, the game could have been much better. And frankly, still could be with some house ruling and Sam's idea of get that information out and give it a presence on the table so that people can see where everybody else is going for, for those other pieces. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, you have the wonders where it makes sense. You have the great pyramids. There's only one yep. great pyramids, Yeah. but why can there only be one oligarchy? Frankly, part of it for me, for the government, why aren't those technology cards? Because they need to always be available. Right. I'm just pointing out thematically. Oh, yeah, they make Why no sense aren't they technology cards? They, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think they just, and, and I, I don't know if this came up in playtesting, but they, I think they just sort of blew it on that one. It's like, oh, all the other cards, all, all the other pieces that are shaped like that, they're exclusive. So we'll make these exclusive too. And it's like, no, 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 no. You should have made those cards and people could select whatever they want. And they put their little chip on the oligarchy or on whatever government type they want. So, yeah. So, and, I mean, and, and, and that's what I think has, has held this game back. I think, you know, seven under three hours, that's like a grail kind of thing. I mean, people talk about that, that you can play it on a Monday night and it's no big deal. Um, 
Uh, but there's just a couple of things like that that I think they could, you know, if you could just lift those restrictions off, I think the game would suddenly come alive much more. Yeah, and that's that kind of ties into there's only a few cards in the tech in the technology cards that feel like they give you an upgrade. And the yeah, governments feel the, like they could tie into that. It just wants like a little tiny tech tree off to the side. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, most of the tech cards are, you know, just gain a resource and gain some production. Yeah. And then symbols. Yeah. It just feels like it wants a little tiny tech tree. Yep. So on the edge of greatness, that's mosaic. I think that's what we'll end with. So keep that in your minds. Keep that in your hearts. And... John, Sam, Chris, and I thank you for joining us in conversation about Mosaic, colon, a story of civilization. You can join us in conversation by visiting our website, sellergames.com, where you can find links to our social media and Discord server. We also have a blog and a guild on BoardGameGeek. We look forward to hearing from you. So, Dancing with Greatness. <laughs> dancing on the edge of greatness? Dancing with greatness. Dancing on the ceiling of greatness. <laughs> What was the quote, John? I have no clue at this point. <laughs> We've murdered it at this point. Sneaking out of Greatness's hotel room at <laughs> 7 in the morning. Oh, don't forget your shoes when you do that. <clears throat> so, Dancing with Greatness, that's what we'll leave you with. And uh, 